0: Spirit Radio Podcasts. Maybe this is something that has been on your to-do list for a while or maybe it's not on your radar at all. Well, we're going to be talking about making a will next and how it should be something that we should consider doing, why it's important, but also the importance of doing it right because there can be challenges for the family and the solicitor if somebody dies and they haven't drawn up a will. On the line to tell us more, we have Cora Sherlock from Sherlock Solicitors. Okay, Cora, first of all, who should make a will?
1: Morning, Wendy. Well... The short answer to that is that everybody should make a will, and um, over the age of eighteen. That is, if you have assets, and um, really anything to do with your life should be dealt with in a will. And it's something that people tend to veer away from. I think you're right, um, but it really the purpose of making it. I suppose it's for peace of mind, peace of mind for the person making the will, and then peace of mind for their family when and the, the person passes away and they find that there is something there to work off. There is a will.
0: And how complicated <coughs> does it make things if there isn't a will then?
1: It is difficult because you're literally starting out of the blue and there's no idea of what the person wanted. There's no idea of what they... Um, the will can list things that they had, list assets uh, that they want to give to specific people. So there really is no idea about what the wishes of the person are. And even apart from that, The rules for a person who doesn't have a will and their estate are called the rules of intestacy, and they're very strict. They're set down by law, and you can't go outside them, so you're bound by what the law tells you will have to happen.
0: So what's involved then in terms of the actual process of making a will? Is it very complicated?
1: It's not a complicated process at all. What I would advise people to do if they're thinking about a will is there's a few things to set out, and it is simple enough to and to come to those decisions the first thing that you want to do is decide who you want to deal with everything formally and that person is called an executor so you name the executor in your will you can think about people in your family in your wider circle you know your solicitor your accountant somebody that you would trust and somebody that you think would have the wherewithal to go through your estate to deal with your assets Um, and that's the second thing that you need to set out Make a list of your assets. If there's bank accounts, know whether they're in joint names, if there's land, whether they're in joint names, and decide who you would like to leave your goods to, leave your leave your assets to. And um, You can name personal items. So sometimes people have a piece of jewelry, family heirloom that they want to give to a specific person. So that should be part of your list as well. The other thing is that if you have minor children, then you need to think about who you would like to be a guardian for them. And if you were to if you were to pass away before they turned 18 and then the other thing that's important is if you have a business that's likely to continue on maybe you have a business partner there may be a business agreement in place but if not that is something to think about as well. In terms of
0: the guardianship piece how does that work do you have to seek permission from the person that you are naming as a guardian or how does all that work from a legal perspective?
1: You don't necessarily have to do that. Obviously, it's a good idea to speak to the people um, and pick somebody, maybe a relative who has children around the same age. Usually, it'll be fairly obvious who you would like to look after your children. It would be somebody who knows you well, uh, who you would trust, obviously, but also who you would trust to bring up your child in in a way that is as close as possible as you would do if you were there. So the kind of schools maybe that they would like to, um, that you would like them to attend, uh, that sort of thing. Somebody won't always be able to match your wishes ideally, obviously, but they should be somebody who has a good idea of you, uh, know how you would like to raise a family so that they will stick to that as much as possible.
0: And how much of a living document is a will in terms of how often do you need to make changes to
1: it? Yeah, that's a good point. It should be seen as a living document, which I suppose is a bit ironic when you think about what it's, what it's dealing with. But you should certainly think about changing it if there is a big life change. So if people buy a house or if they have another baby, that might be a time to um, to change your will. Obviously, if you want to change the terms of your original will, um, if you want to not leave something to somebody to cut them out, if you like, um, divorce or separation, something like that is very important. Bear in mind that the, the will or the way that your assets are dealt with will be the last will that is in place um, when you pass away. So if there is an older will there that maybe has wishes that you no longer agree with, then you should certainly uh, change it.
0: And in terms then, Cora, of how to make it an official document, what do you need to do for that to happen?
1: Well, what needs to happen with the will is it must be signed by the person making it. We call that person the testator. So it must be signed by the testator in the presence of two witnesses. Um, and it, it is quite specific about how that has to happen. If there is any question over how or whether the will was signed correctly, then that can be, um, that will be an issue. So what I would always advise people to do is to talk to uh, talk to a solicitor. Sometimes people make their will on, you know, a piece of paper in the house. Now, it's possible that that could be valid, but it does have to be signed and set out in the formal way that the law requires.
0: Okay, great advice, Coran. it doesn't sound too complicated, but if you are getting doing the formal process and you're talking to a solicitor, is that an expensive route to go down?
1: It's not particularly expensive at all. Um, making a will is ironically probably one of the least expensive aspects of, of any legal work that you will need carried out in your life. I think what I would say is that the cost of it, cost of making a will is priceless when you compare it to what would be the the, uh, ramifications of not having
0: one. In terms of of just the issues it can cause in the event that you do die without having will. Thank you for giving us great advice today. That is Cora Sherlock and she is a solicitor with Cora Sherlock Solicitors and their website if you want to get in touch and get advice is Ie. Thanks for listening to our
1: Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie